This show is for every woman who has accepted pain and discomfort as inherent to being a woman or has denied any part of themselves to make it or feel accepted. Women of reproductive age have been left out of a lot of research because our bodies and our hormones are considered too complicated. What is worse is this idea trickles down into education, leaving most women with very little information about how their bodies work. Not only are we not taught how our bodies work, but once you start asking questions, it is surprisingly difficult to find answers. I believe that every woman deserves to know how her body works, to recognize when symptoms arise, and to feel confident in her inner voice. Because the pain, the mood swings, and the hormones are not your problem. They are your body's messengers. So I'm here to confront and change narratives around being a woman, being hormonal, and yes, PMSing. I'm your host, Brianna Viegas, and welcome to My Hormone Rants. The information provided in this podcast is not a substitute for professional medical advice, and I would encourage you to look into these things on your own and discuss them with your healthcare provider. For a full disclaimer, you can check out the show notes. I also will be linking in the show notes references so that you have something to take that next step, look further, dig deeper, and have resources to help you self-advocate and bring this to your doctor in order to discuss the right next steps for you. Today's going to be a quickie pun fully intended, we're talking about how you can leverage your cycle to optimize your sex life, optimize female pleasure. So if you've been around here for any length of time, you know that our bodies are not the same from week to week because our physical needs, our mental energy, our physiology is changing based on the phase of our cycle that we're in. And it's no different for sex drive. And more importantly, it's no different for what you need to feel pleasure in each phase. What your body actually needs to reach orgasm is a little bit different. Your physiology is different. Your hormones are different. And all of these are going to play a part in your experience during sex. Before I get started breaking down each phase, I want to first address a common misconception, and that is that how wet you are is tied to how aroused you are. This is not true. How wet you are is really tied to your hormones. It is true that during arousal, your body will produce additional cervical fluid, arousal fluid, but sort of the baseline and ultimately the quantity of fluid that is present and how lubricated you feel is going to be tied to your hormones and how those impact just the level of cervical fluid that your body's producing. So in the menstrual and follicular phase, hormones are lower, and particularly estrogen is lower, which is responsible for vaginal lubrication. And so when those are lower, these are considered dry phases where you're just ultimately going to have less cervical fluid and thus feel less wet. Whereas in the ovulatory phase, in the luteal phase, especially at the beginning of the luteal phase, hormone levels are higher, estrogen is peaking, and remains high for a good portion of the luteal phase. And that allows your body to actually produce up to 20% more cervical fluid. And so these are considered wet phases. So let's just let go of, you know, how wet we are, how long it takes us to get to orgasm, all of these things that really just hinder the process and make the process less fun. It's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to feel good. So with that out of the way, let's jump into the phases. And if you're still not sure exactly how to tell what phase of your cycle that you're in, I'll be linking a guide to how to track each phase in the show notes. So you can check that out there. So let's start with the follicular phase. This is the phase that's right after your period. 
And during this phase, estrogen is low. And so, like I mentioned before, it's a dry phase. So you want to have Lupandy. And because your hormones are low, it's also going to take more in general for your body to get warmed up to start feeling aroused. That doesn't, however, mean that sex has to be bad or that it has to be hard. This is the phase to really lean into adding in more foreplay, adding in more anticipation, leaning in and making it fun. Also, we've talked about before how follicular phase is a time where your energy is really leaning toward trying new things. So this is a great time to incorporate that into the bedroom and try out a new position or do something fun. So next is the ovulatory phase. And this is where things are the most fun in the sense that everything comes the easiest and it just feels good. Estrogen is at its highest, testosterone is peaking, and with that, libido goes up and lubrication as well. This is a great time to lean into multiple orgasms and just getting while the getting's good. The other thing that's really strong at this point is communication. And so it's a great time to have conversations about sex. Ask your partner what they want in the bedroom. Talk about what you want in the bedroom. This is also a great time to practice asking for what you want in the moment. Then as you transition to the luteal phase, the first half may feel like an extension of the ovulatory phase. Libido can still be high because although testosterone is dropping off a bit, your estrogen are high. And with that, you'll also have more cervical fluid, so things can feel easier. It may be easier to do the quickie and kind of jump into things without as much warm-up. But as you approach your period, so really the week before, this is when your hormones will start to drop off. And with that, decrease in, in natural lubrication. And so it's a good time to return to the foreplay and introducing lube as just a normal part of that phase. And as far as your energy here, a lot of times this is when we switch to being more detail-oriented. We start to have clarity about situations, about how things are going in our home, how things are going in our relationship. And so it can be really valuable to your sex life to use this time to invest in intimacy outside of the bedroom. So what makes you feel close? What are conversations that you need to have or you've been putting off to feel closer to one another? And can even be a good time to lean into sort of slower, more intimate sex. The last phase is the menstrual phase. And here, hormones are at their very lowest. So this can lead to decreased sex drive, but your body actually has a way to kind of counteract this. So even though your hormones are at their lowest, the uterus is increasing in size a bit as you go into your period and this can actually apply pressure to the internal portions of the clitoris and and this is a way that it can contribute to peaking interest in sex but this is really one to feel into what feels good to you what do you want at this time you may not be interested in sex and it can be a good time to take a break to recharge to do some self-care but if you are interested there's absolutely no reason to avoid having sex during your period it's not dirty and it's really not even that messy and definitely not more messy than the fact that sex is already a process full of bodily fluids and this is just another one added to the mix there's also plenty of health benefits associated with having orgasms during your period. It can help to diminish cramps. It can help with headaches, but really everyone is different in terms of what feels good. That's something to think about on your own and also a conversation to have with your partner. But I do want to note that it shouldn't ever be an avoidance of it because of shame. It's not a good reason to avoid sex on your period and to avoid feeling good all month long and getting all of those health benefits all month long. 
The last note I want to say here about the menstrual phase is that I've seen a lot of things online talking about menstrual blood being a natural lubricant. This is not true, okay? It feels wet in your body because there's not a lot of air getting to it. However, during penetrative sex, air is being introduced into the vagina, and with that air, it's going to then dry out blood. That's a very useful thing for blood clotting, but it does not make for a very good lubricant. And before we wrap up, I want to say that I know this conversation about optimizing pleasure and sex can come up against a lot of misconceptions, misinformation, as well as insecurities around female pleasure in general, let alone how to make it optimal. And so I want to leave you with a couple of thoughts on this. First, when it comes to women, faster isn't better because I think what happens on our end is we're just so stuck on reaching orgasm or how long it's taking to get there that we can skip over a lot of the benefits that come with enjoying the ride and enjoying the journey to get there. Because this is when your body is building levels of oxytocin, which most people are familiar with as being the love hormone, the connection hormone that's making you feel the glow and the fulfillment, along with nitric oxide that's also building at this time. These things work not only to lead to a better orgasm, but also work to flush out cortisol and to boost immune function. And if that wasn't enough, it's also helping to improve your periods and fertility and contribute to more regular ovulation, which carries a whole set of health benefits in and of itself. So it's really letting go of this idea that you're taking too long or it's too much, whatever those hangups are in your mind, it's letting those go and really thinking about sex as a team sport. I like to think about it as a relay sport because it doesn't matter who's the fastest, it doesn't matter who crosses the finish line first at the end of the day your team doesn't win unless every team member crosses the finish line and you and your partner are on the same team it can be good to take some time to learn about your body on your own and to kind of keep track of these things as you go through from phase to phase and note the changes and the differences and what feels good and what you actually need before you bring a partner in to communicate that because you may notice that through that process different things come up different like shame around different aspects of sex or shame around talking about it or shame around asking for what you want and also societal pressures of pleasing other people and that it's always felt like this is for someone else and learning how to actually receive. But I also think that those can be valuable conversations to have with your partner and talk about the things that, you know, are hangups or blocks in the process and ask them what they have as well because they may have some misconceptions or beliefs or feel hesitant to engage in certain activities because they feel like they're not good at it or it feels like they're being set up to fail and that's not fun for anyone because ultimately the better the sex is the more you want it and just remembering that you are a team how can we actually work together and collaborate so that everyone has the most enjoyable experience possible thank you so much for listening with all of the things that are competing for your attention it really means the world to me that you choose to be here If you want more great episodes like this one, subscribe on iTunes, follow on Spotify, or wherever you listen. And if you want to learn more about me and how I can help you stop normalizing your symptoms and start optimizing your experience, head to briannavegas.com or find me on Instagram at briannavegascoaching. You've got this.